Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women's in the ring. Number 29, my name is Felipe Leon, and with me, like always, is Southern California legend, David Avila. Felipe, how are you doing? Good, David. Here we are, another week of the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. If you want to call in and talk all female boxing, you can do so at 323-580-5735. We're going to have about an hour and a half, two hours of female boxing here going back through the fight results for the last couple of weeks talk about some fight chatter some news that has come up in the last couple of weeks and also give you the calendar of what is going on in the next couple of weeks which is not much um in the female fight world and with us in about 15 minutes we're going to have the newly crowned wbc interim light flightweight champion kenya enriquez from tijuana mexico who's going to be talking to us about her recent win over the tough Mari, Mari Salinas to capture that vacant title and also talk about her upcoming all-female amateur tournament, which is in its third edition this year. But let's get started, David, with the fight results going back to Saturday, July 1st and going to France, where Canadian Jelena Maranovic got a split draw over Stephanie Ducastel and a 10-rounder to hold on to her WBC and WBA featherweight titles. Scores there were 96-94 for Jelena, 96-94 for Ducasso, and 95-95. And it looks by the scores, because I haven't been able to catch a stream of it and watch this fight, but by the scores of it, it looks like it was a tight, close fight. Did you get a chance to, to see this fight anywhere? No, I couldn't locate it either. <laughs> Yeah, but it looks like, like it was a tough fight for Jelena. Jelena, it's the second time in a row that she goes over to France um, to, to defend her titles. Her first time was against an undefeated fighter. I'll get her name right now. Give me one second here. Uh, give me one second. I'm bringing it up here real quick. <clears throat> so the first time that... Uh, that uh, that Miss uh, Jelena Muranovic went over to France was last last October, where she defeated the undefeated Gael Aman in a split decision, uh, defending her WBC and WBA titles. And now she went and faced Stephanie Ducasso, who only had an eight-win, three losses, one draw record, and she got a split draw out of there. Um, so it turned to be a, a tough fight at 35 years of age. Do you think Jelena? Um, 
you know, split draw against a 13, 14 and 0 and a split and a draw. I mean, a split decision win against a 14 and 0 and a split draw against an 8 and 3. Do you think that the years and the wars are catching up with Delina despite, you know, just going off blindly by not being able to watch the fight? No, that's a that's a good question. Um I wish I I was able to see the fight. Uh I know in the fight before she she fought well and uh that was a close fight also. I, I think it's just the fact that she's fighting in another country and you have hometown judges and they you know, they're looking at their own fighter uh landing punches and they're not really paying attention to what Jelena Marjanovic is doing. But uh, mm. Jelena, uh, she's a solid fighter. She's technically very uh, savvy. And um, for her to be able to, to, to win con- decisively, she's got to hurt the girl. And if the girl's tough, then that's not going to be possible. And she's going to end up having these draws and split decisions and so forth. She really has to hurt the girl. But, you know, that's boxing that's in other countries. I mean, I wish that Jelena, to a certain extent, would kind of not focus herself on Europe and France in this case and actually try to make some fights against the names that are on this side of the pond. Like, I mean, do we want to see a third fight with Matisse? We might, because that would be the rubber match. You know, a fight against Heather Hardy, who's also a featherweight, uh, a Jennifer Hahn, and then and, and, and obviously... Uh, maybe even a Cindy Serrano or Amanda Serrano, which is a fight that they try to make and and it hasn't even come to fruition. So, you know, I think that would be something to look forward to as far, uh, as far as, uh, as, uh, um, as, um, you know, the end of the year, early next year, because like we say, she is 35 years old. I don't know how much more gas she has in the tank. So it would be a matter of, of of watching her uh, fight now against these things, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, there's some really talented girls that are in their mid thirties now, and and you would think they'd be going downhill, but some of them just look great. I mean, like for instance, Layla McCarter is what thirty seven, thirty eight. Uh, uh, then you have uh, Mariana Juarez who's thirty seven, and uh-huh. some really talented fighters are up in, in their upper thirties. So. I don't know what it is. Um, I just think it's the fact you're fighting in, in Europe and you have hometown judges. Mm-hmm. Well, on the same night in Germany, just uh, maybe like a, a short train ride away from Paris, France, Eva Vorberger mm-hmm. scored a first-round TKO over Alexandra Lakatos in a 10-round, a scheduled 10-rounder to capture the vacant WBC silver bantamweight title. So this Eva Vorberger, a German might be a, a future opponent for none other than the fighter that you mentioned, uh, Mariana Juarez, who is the uh, WBC Bantamweight champion. Now with this fighter being the silver champion, you know, we might be able to see a fight between them. Yeah, that would be great. I, I love it when they have uh, girls from other countries come and fight for the titles. And I, I don't like it when they're always staying in in the belt state in Mexico and they only fight each other. It, it seems like it's just a regional title. But when they start fighting outside of their country or have girls come in from other countries like Australia or Japan, that's what it makes it exciting for me, at least for me. 
Now, this uh, Eva, uh, we spoke to her about before. She's the one that actually lost a majority decision in a, at a super flyweight against um, Esmeralda Moreno last year in one of the, the best fights of the year. Yeah. And now she has gone up to the Bantamweight division. She has a pretty decent record, 22 wins, five knockouts, uh, five losses, I'm sorry, and 11 knockouts. So her losses have come to Esmeralda Moreno, uh, Nina Storjanovic, Raja Amashe, and uh, in her early career, Bettina Volker and Irina Boldea. <coughs> Excuse me. So, so she seems to be pretty solid. You know, she's originally from Austria, fighting in Germany. So that might be a good, a good international fight for Mariana Juarez, who we're going to talk about uh, in a couple of minutes regarding her, her last fight. So let's see if that's something that could be done. Uh, fairly uh, 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 not too far along in this year or maybe early next year, more than likely this year. Um, same night on July 1st uh, from the Auditorio Centenario in Gomez Palacio, Mexico, Promesores del Pueblo on Televisa in Mexico gave us Mariana Juarez's little sister, Lourdes Juarez, scoring a unanimous decision over the tough Anaí Torres in an eight-rounder in the flagweight division. Scores there were 80-72, 80-73, Excuse me, and 79-73. And I had a chance to watch this fight. I'm sure you did too. Where um, Lourdes is starting to improve. She scored a knockout against Noemi Bosquez a couple of fights ago, and now she defeated quite handily a smaller fighter than her, Anaí Torres, but a, an experienced fighter, and she looked very well doing so. Did you get a chance to watch the fight? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, Lourdes <laughs> is just improving. I don't know what it is, but she's Graduated to another level. Now, the question here is, where is she going to campaign? Because she means going, she's been going around from, from light flyweight to flyweight to super flyweight. And, you know, she has a ton of fights. She, I mean, I think she has over 20 fights now. So you would expect that she be, should be close to a, a, a world title opportunity. She has 20 wins, two losses, three knockouts. She hasn't lost in years since 2014 when she dropped two in a row. So when should we expect? I mean, she's, her last, <coughs> her last um, four fights have been against solid opposition. It's Yesenia Gomez, who was 13-4. and four. Noemi Bosquez, who was 11-8. and eight. Karina Fernandez, who was 9-1. and one. And the uh, and, uh, aforementioned Anaí Torres, who was 16 and 15, but a tough 16 and 15. So when should we see Lourdes Juarez getting a title shot? I actually think she's ready now. Um, this, she's, at, she's 30 years old. Uh, I, I think she's ready now. Now is the time. She looks re- really confident. She seems to know what she's doing in the ring. Uh, and she's doing it well. I mean, she's convincingly beating other girls. At first, there was a question on whether or not she was being fed a, a, a weak uh, opposition, but not anymore. She's already passed that point. Um, Which I think she was to a certain, to a certain point. She yeah. was being fed, uh, uh, but now she's fighting mm-hmm. some some good, maybe not world class opposition, but some good uh, uh, level A opposition. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I think let me patch in. 
Let me patch in a caller. I think it might be Elena, our uh, third co-host. Let me see. Come on in. Hey, yo, yo, what up, Felipe? Hey, man, I'm just uh, just listening in. Uh, I'll hit one if I have a question a little bit later, man. Just uh, just enjoying the show right now. Okay, no problem. I'll put you back on hold. Thanks, bro. Thank you. And there you go. We have a caller listening to the show. And so moving on to Friday, July the 7th from Florida, the aforementioned uh, Noemi Bosquez. Shockingly lost a unanimous decision in a four-rounder against Sonia Osorio from Mexico City uh, in the super flyweight division. Scores were 40-36 two times and 39-37. This Noemi Bosquez, you know, suffered her first loss with our our guest in about 10 minutes, Kenny Enriquez, back in uh, February of 2014. She suffered her first loss. scored another four wins and then she kind of went on a um, money making world tour where she fought well Nidia Feliciano she she got defeated by her in a split decision but then she went up to the super bantamweight division she's normally a flyweight super flyweight and she went up to the super uh, super bantamweight division and she ended up losing to Heather Hardy in May of 2015 two wins later she fought Heather Hardy again, nearly in the featherweight division, and lost the unanimous decision there. Then she lost to Mariana Juarez. Then she went down to New Zealand, lost to Michelle Preston. Then she went to China and lost to Alicia Graf. Got caught another win back home. And then she lost to Rosalinda Rodriguez. Lost to Lourdes Juarez. Scored a draw against a 2-0 fighter in Florida. And then she just lost to Mexico City's Sonia Osorio. Now. There's no lie that Noemi Bosquez is one of the biggest hustlers out there in the female fight world. I mean, she self-promotes herself very, very well. So when she fights at home, she sells a lot, a lot of tickets. So the pattern has been that she goes out and makes pretty good money fighting the Mariana Juarez's and the Alicia Graffs and the Michelle Prestons of the world and the Heather Hardys, and then comes back home, sells a bunch of tickets, and gets herself a win so that she could start. She could still keep going for those big names with a respectable record. But now she's 11, 11 10, three draws, two knockouts. Her last two uh, um, performances at home, where she's selling tickets and trying to get some wins, have not gone her way. She scored a draw against a sub, a late sub, and Ariana Vasquez, who was two and zero, and then she just lost the damn decision to Sonia Osorio. So I don't know what's going on over there. It might be the end of, 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 of <coughs> excuse me, Noemi Bosquez as we know her. What do you think? Uh, well, yeah, not everybody can be the champion, you know. She does have a champion's heart, the fact that she continues to fight. And like you said, she's a very good uh, hustler and <coughs> getting fights for herself. So she must have that will to fight, but, you know, not everybody can be a champion. It's not like a baseball or soccer where they're second and third place. They're just win or lose. There's no yeah. in between. Yeah, and I, and I think her aspirations to be a world champion, you know, went up in smoke a long time ago, but I think that she is a solid fighter. She's only been knocked out once. Even Kenya Ricketts didn't knock her out. Kenya Ricketts knocked her down in the first round, but it was Lourdes Juarez who actually knocked her out. And it was 
you know, she got a late call for that fight. She wasn't all that, um, she didn't want, you know, she, she wasn't all that prepared and she ended up getting stopped by Lourdes Juarez. And Lourdes Juarez is, in my opinion, biggest win of her career. But now hopefully, you know, it gets to the point where she doesn't become a full-on opponent like uh, what she's become. But let's bring on to the, and we'll go back to the rest of the, uh, the rest of the uh, 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 fight results. But on the line with us now is none other than WBC light, interim light flyweight champion here from Tijuana, Mexico, Kenya Enriquez. Let me pass her on. Kenya. Hola, buenas tardes. Here we have Kenya Enriquez. Bueno. Yes. ¿Nos escuchas? Sí, perfecto. Okay. okay, perfecto. So what I want to do, Kenya Enriquez ha, ha, doesn't speak all that much English, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to translate for her. I'm going to pass the baton to Mr. David Avila, who will start off the interview, and then I will jump on on the back end. Go ahead, David. Kenya, hi. How are you? I'm fine. And you? Very good. I'm very good. A little hot, but I'm good. <laughs> so, Kenya, uh, congratulations on your, on your win. Um, how do you feel winning your first WBC title? Kenia dice David, obvio, oh, obviamente te, te, te saluda y te pregunta, te pregunta que, que felicidades y cómo te sientes en ganar tu primer título del Consejo Mundial de Boxeo. Uh, muchas gracias primero y la verdad siento la felicidad absoluta. Habíamos estado eh, luchando día con día mi equipo y yo durante dos años para otra vez un título y se dio la oportunidad, entonces... No estoy más que feliz con eso. She, she said that she's very happy that it's been a two two long years that her and her team have been uh, working very hard to get back to uh, to a world title, and now that it's here, she she's very very happy. And during that time when when she wasn't when she had no title, what was her was her goal to go drop down and wait and win a title? Que te pregunta David qué era tu meta en ese tiempo cuando no tenías el título mundial que si tu meta era bajar de peso a, y ganar ese título del Consejo Mundial de Boxeo. Viendo que estaba peleando últimamente las 108 libras mi objetivo siempre ha sido tener un título mi objetivo ya en este punto era tener el título de las 108 libras y ahora eh, pienso en unificación, en la unificación, pero siempre ha sido un título. Uh, she says that her goal has always been to have a title. Um, she wanted to go back down to down to 108 pounds and, and win a title there, and that was the goal the whole time. And now that she has it, now her new goal is to unify the division. Oh, well, when she says unify the division, this she mean all the different 108s or does she mean uh, the, the other contenders? Cuando, pregunta David que cuando dices unificar los títulos te quieres decir que quieres todos los títulos en las 108 libras o ganarle a todos los otros contendientes de, de la división? Yo creo que al decir que quiero unificar división viene junto el que quiero los títulos y que quiero ganarles a las, a las dueñas de los títulos. Como, como digo, 
y los cinturones son mi accesorio favorito. Entonces, me encantan tanto que quiero todo, quiero en esta categoría y pienso en un futuro subir a otra categoría y la verdad es romper historias. She says that, you know, when she means unified, she wants all the titles in the division. And with doing so, obviously, she would have to beat all the other champions and all, anybody else that stands in her way. You know, like she said before, uh, belts are her favorite accessory. So she wants them all. And then once she does that, she's going to want to move up to another division and do that in the next division up. Unifying the titles, uh, is she willing to travel to other countries to challenge uh, other fighters in other countries? Eh, si en el plan de, de, de unificar las divisiones sería viajar a otros países y retar los, las campeonas en su país, ¿estás dispuesta a hacer eso? Claro que sí, estoy dispuesta a todo lo que me lleve a un título del mundo, estoy dispuesta a todo lo que me llegue, me lleve a marcar historias en el boxeo y todo lo que me lleve a cumplir mis sueños y el de mi equipo. She says, uh, absolutely, whatever it takes to win the world title, to win the, the world title in the division, that's what she's willing to do. And whatever it takes to mark her place in history, that's what she's willing to do. And, and she's ready for it. She's, she's always been pretty fearless as a fighter. I mean, she's, tra she's traveled in the U.S., she's out here, and she's out of Mexico, and she's, she always seems willing to fight anybody, anywhere. Where does she get that willingness? Because other fighters don't have it. I mean, she doesn't care. She just, where does she get that confidence? Al parecer es una peleadora sin medio, sin miedo. Has, uh, has peleado en los Estados Unidos, has peleado en México. Eh, te has enfrentado a cualquier persona que se te ha puesto, a cualquier peleadora que se te ha puesto enfrente. Siempre has dicho que estás dispuesta a pelear con quien sea. Eh, ¿De dónde viene eso? ¿De dónde viene eso en tu persona? Porque hay muchas peleadoras que no lo son, que no tienen el miedo y que no están dispuestas a enfrentarse a cualquiera. ¿De dónde viene eso en tu persona? Viene de, de que quiero ser la mejor. Mi nombre diga, ella se enfrentó a lo mejor del momento, les ganó, fue campeona, tiene todos estos títulos y no quiero que digan, que alguien se me escapó. Quiero quiero que sepan todos que me enfrenté a las mejores. No quiero que digan que cuidan mi carrera y todas esas cosas. Yo soy una peleadora de verdad. Entonces, como peleadora de verdad, voy a pelear con peleadoras de entre las mejores del mundo. She says that it comes from wanting to be the best. You know that when she's done fighting and they say her name. Uh, they, they want, she wants them to say that she fought everybody, that she didn't dodge anybody, that she went after everybody, and that she's a real fighter, that, you know, she wants to fight, she's here to fight, and she wants to fight the best. Is there anybody that she looks up to or, or, or sees as kind of like, a, like a, not a hero, but as a, somebody to emulate? Que si hay alguien que admiras, alguien que ves que, que, que te gustaría ser como esa persona. La verdad, primero que nada, Jackie Nava, que, que después de ser profesionista, mamá, diputada, luego veo a Cecilia Breakhouse, que es la primera mujer en unificando una división, entonces yo veo que hay grandes mujeres para admirar y para querer ser como ellas, y si no, hasta para superarlas. 
She says that Jackie Nava is, is foremost a person that she looks up to. You know, she's a mother. She's a fighter. She's a, a politician. She, you know, she's done it all in, in boxing. And also another fighter that she looks up to is Cecilia Breakhouse because she was able to unify that division. So that is two fighters that she emulates, that she looks up to, but also would like to surpass in their achievements. And how did it all start for her in boxing? Could she tell us uh, how how she began in boxing and and what kept her out of what while other girls you know stars that they disappear and she's been doing it for so long. ¿Qué es lo que cómo empezaste tú en el boxeo y qué es lo que te mantiene el boxeo ya que hay muchas peleadoras que han empezado y de repente se se desaparecen qué te ha mantenido por tanto tiempo en el boxeo. Uh, al principio eh, solamente era como un hobby, como cuando quieres hacer algo nuevo, pero mi espíritu competitivo, el que siempre quiero ser mejor, el que siempre quiero probarme hasta dónde llegan mis límites, creo que es lo que me ha mantenido. Me he enfrentado a rivales buenas y cada vez pienso en que debo enfrentarme a alguien mejor para ver cómo reacciono, para ver qué es lo que yo puedo hacer porque mi rival a vencer no es quien tengo enfrente, sino soy yo misma. She says that it all started off as a hobby, but then her competitive spirit kind of took over, and she's always trying to challenge herself and try to see how good she can be. And, you know, she's fought good fighters, but she believes that her biggest opponent is herself because she's always trying to do better than the last time. When she was an amateur, she was an amateur for a while, wasn't she? Um, when she was an amateur, um, who was the biggest competition in those days? Cuando eras amateur, ¿quién, quién era tu, tu rival más grande, tu rival más difícil en aquel entonces? Eh, en aquel entonces me tocaba, me tocó en la Universidad Nacional, la hermana de, de Silvia la Guerrera Torres, que la Silvia la Guerrerita Torres, que me, me tocó dos veces y me ganó, que ahora es profesional, ella ya lleva una carrera de 16-0, so her biggest opponent in the amateurs was at the nationals, at the Mexican nationals, and it was Silvia Torres, who is the younger sister of the legendary Ana Maria Torres. Silvia Torres ended up defeating Kenny Enriquez two times, and now she's a professional. She's 16 and 0. And uh, and that's who was her biggest opponent as an amateur. Oh, did she want vengeance? ¿Quieres venganza? Por supuesto, creo que en este momento me encontró en un momento donde no soy la persona que soy ahorita. Creo que si en este momento nos tocara pelear un, en, en, en una pelea, la noqueo. Creo que ya no soy la persona que era antes, crecí. Absolutely, I want I want revenge. You know, I think that she I'm not the same fighter that I was back then. I think that if we were to fight right now, I would knock her out. I'm not the same fighter physically or mentally. So yes, I do want revenge. Well, and, and what's it been like uh, since she won the title? I, I know she was very emotional when she won it. Um, it, it seemed like it was. Uh, uh, the biggest goal of her career yet. Uh, what does she want now? I mean, how does she feel now having this title 
Does she get treated differently or or does she get more recognition? ¿Cómo ha sido desde que ganaste el título? Dice David que pues te viste muy emocional al momento de ganarlo. Ha sido una meta tuya por mucho mucho tiempo. Ya que lo tienes, sientes que te tratan eh, diferente. ¿Cómo cómo se han portado? ¿Cómo ha sido eh, este tiempo desde que ganaste el título? Y la gente que está alrededor pues contenta conmigo porque ellos saben el esfuerzo que me ha costado. Pero siempre la verdad les doy muchas gracias porque siempre me mantienen con los pies sobre la tierra, siempre me dicen, Kenia, prepárate para la siguiente meta, Kenia, va a llegar alguien que, que, que va a tener las mismas ganas que tú, así que estate preparada, y eso me mantiene con, con la mentalidad de que debo estar todos los días en el gimnasio y que quiero quiero ganar el siguiente, quiero dar el siguiente paso. She says that at home, you know, her family is very happy, her team is very happy, but her team is the one that has kept her, you know, motivated, telling her you got to get ready for the next step. You got to get ready for the next belt. Um, you got to get ready because there's somebody there that wants this belt as much as you do. So you have to be ready at all times. And, and that's what, what she's been doing. Also, she's still training right now uh, um, every day. And are there any days out for her? Estás entrenando ahorita y si tienes descanso, hay unos días de descanso por ahorita. Eh, desde que yo me bajé del ring solo tomé una semana de descanso. Eh, creo que es más que suficiente porque estoy esperando la siguiente, el siguiente paso. Estoy esperando nada más que pasa con Esmeralda Moreno, Esmeralda Moreno, Kika Chávez, porque voy en serio, este es mi año y quiero unificar la división, quiero ser la mejor de las 108 libras. Y si se pudiera este año, fuera lo más feliz y lo mejor que me pudiera pasar. You know, she only took a, t a week off after winning the title, and she's been training uh, every day except the weekends. Actually, Saturdays, she trains on Saturdays as well, but not Sundays. But she's been training because she's ready. she wants to be ready. She's waiting to see what happens between Kika Chavez and Esmeralda Moreno. And she wants to unify the titles, hopefully, this year. And if this year, if it happens this year, or at least some of it happens this year, she'll be very, very uh, happy. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Chavez and Moreno, uh, can she, can she uh, basically give us, like, a breakdown of each fighter, what she sees in Chavez and what she sees in Moreno? Uh, just have her evaluate each of those fighters for us. Háblanos un poquito de Kike Chávez y Esmeralda Moreno. Si nos puedes evaluar lo que ves en cada una de esas, de esas peleadores, ¿qué es lo que hacen bien? ¿Qué es lo que hacen mal? Empezando con Jessica, la Kike Chávez. Yo creo que Jessica Kike Chávez sabe, sabe moverse en el ring, se desplaza. No es como todas las boxeadoras que son de, de la Ciudad de México, que tiran golpes, tiran golpes. Ella hace lo mismo pero piensa un poco, hace un, planea una buena estrategia. Y la verdad, eso hay que cuidarse porque siempre sabe sa siempre sabe su punto débil, ya que tiene a Don Nacho Beristán en su esquina, un gran estratega. Entonces sabemos que ella no hace las cosas porque sí, siempre con una razón. She thinks that uh, Kika Chavez moves very well and that she's not like a typical Mexican Mexico City fighter that just throws punches uh, to throw them, you know, she, she, she strategizes, she knows her strategy very well, she knows how to pull together a game plan, and she has one of the best trainers 
in her corner and Nacho Beristain, who was a great strategist as well. And and that's what she thinks that Kika Chavez does, that she's that she knows how to fight and she puts her game plan together very, very well. Y de Esmeralda Moreno. Esmeralda Moreno se me hace una peleadora muy versátil. La verdad es una peleadora que depende cómo, cómo venga mentalmente y físicamente porque hay veces que da la mejor noche y otras peleas que deja mucho que desear. Pero la verdad, como toda toda típica boxeadora mexicana, tira muchos golpes y es muy valiente y va siempre. Pero sé que tiene muchas fallas. Sé que, sé que se le pueden meter ciertas combinaciones y en pocas palabras sé que le puedo ganar. She thinks that Esmeralda Moreno is a very versatile fighter, that she knows how to do a, a lot of things very well, but it all depends how physically and mentally she shows up to the, to the fight. You know, sometimes she puts on great performances and sometimes she doesn't look all that great. She, she knows Moreno's faults. She thinks that there are certain combinations that she can land And in other words, she thinks that she could beat her. Okay, interesting. What, uh, speaking of uh, other uh, Mexican flyweights, what about uh, uh, Bandwitch? Is she surprised by the by the success that uh, Mariano Barbie Juarez is having at Bandwitch? ¿Te ha sorprendido el éxito que ha tenido Mariana Lavarri Juarez en el peso gallo? La verdad, sí, porque... No, después de que perdió con la bonita Bermúdez, se vio que le quedaba muy grande. Pero luego al enfrentarse a la africana, se vio que está en su segundo aire, está en su segundo momento. Y hay que cuidarse porque viene con la segunda motivación, con el segundo aire. Y vemos que va muy bien. La verdad, después de que dijeron la pelea entre Manifares y ya quitaba ya quitaba 100%, estamos pensando yo hasta estoy pensando un 50-50. She says that she's very surprised, you know, after that she lost to Daniela Bermúdez, she thought that maybe the weight class was going to be too big for her, but after she beat Catherine Fitty and then the way that she looked in her last fight, she thinks that she's on her second win and that's something you have to be careful with because the, uh, Mariana Juárez is a very, very good fighter with a lot of experience and when that fight was mentioned against Jackie Nava, At first, she thought that Jackie Nava would win that fight easily, but now she thinks more it's more of a 50-50 fight. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's an interesting analysis by Kenya. Um, what, what's the, her ultimate goal? Is there any fighter out there that she would really, really like to fight? I mean, if she had her choice of any fighter to fight, who would she like to fight the most? ¿Cuál es tu meta ya al final? ¿Cuál es tu meta más grande y cuál peleadora hay allá que, que de veras te gustaría enfrentarte? Mi meta más grande es creo que son tres veces campeona del mundo en tres categorías diferentes. Yo estoy hasta planeando y trabajando con mi equipo hasta llegar a un punto de poder hasta ser cinco veces campeona del mundo en cinco diferentes categorías. Y si me preguntaras la rival que tengo en mente, no pienso más que esperar la respuesta entre Chávez y Esmeralda Moreno. Igual me gustaría enfrentarme a Esmeralda Moreno a las portadoras de los cintos que, que del 108 libras. Si dice que su último es to make history. You know, she and her team are working in 
you know, Mariana Juarez is the first and only female to win uh, three titles in as many divisions, but she would want to go after five divisions and win titles in five divisions. And as far as the fighter that she wants to face the most, right now is Esmeralda Moreno. She wants to see what happens between Kika Chavez and Esmeralda Moreno, Moreno and she wants to fight Esmeralda Moreno uh, as soon as possible. Wow, that's a great choice. Um, what, uh, what can we expect her to be to fight in the United States or even visit? When are we going to see Kenya Enriquez in the United States? ¿Cuándo podemos esperar Kenya Enriquez en los Estados Unidos? Cuando, cuando mi promotor y mi equipo lo, lo, lo decidan, ya que no, yo no soy la única que tomo las decisiones, pero para mí sería muy muy bueno porque Estados Unidos para mí es mi segunda casa. Me siento me siento bien, me siento en casa, la gente me apoya, entonces yo estaría feliz. She says whenever her her promoter and her team uh, tell her to, you know, she doesn't make the decisions. It's her, it's her promoter and her team. And, but she wants to go back to the United States. She wants to fight in the United States as soon as possible because she feels that the United States is like her second home. She's had some great nights in the United States, and she wants to get back there as soon as possible. Yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, she, she, she seems to have um, a fan following on both sides of the border, which is kind of unique because not everybody uh, that fights in Mexico has that same kind of following except for superstars like Canelo's and Mariana Barbies and now it seems like Kenya is getting joining that crowd. Al parecer tienes eh, fans en los dos lados de la de la frontera y no es algo eh, es algo único, no hay muchos que lo pueden decir como solo son las superestrellas como Canelo Álvarez, como Mariana la Barbie Juárez y, y y hasta este punto pues parece que tú también vas por el mismo camino. Pues la verdad yo me siento muy agradecida con la gente que me acepta, pero yo digo que el mundo está lleno de mexicanos y un mexicano siempre va a apoyar a otro mexicano, igual gente de Estados Unidos, el que les guste el boxeo, ellos ven la calidad, entonces cada día me esfuerzo porque ellos me vean mejor y porque les guste, y eso al final del día, lo, el trabajo duro al final del día te da la recompensa, y la recompensa es que la gente te quiere y te quiera ver pelear. She says, I'm very happy, you know, of that fact that people follow my career on both sides of the border. I think there's Mexicans everywhere, and a Mexican is always going to support another Mexican. And also, you know, the people in the United States are very knowledgeable about boxing, and that's why I work so hard every day in the, in the gym, because I think people recognize quality, and I work hard so I could look better in each fight, and that way they could keep following my career and being happy with my performances. Well, do you, do you have any questions of your own, Felipe? Yeah, Kenya, I, I'm going to ask a, I'm going to ask the question in English first, and then I'm going to uh, translate for her. My question is, you know, she just won this WBC title, but it's not her first. Her first title was it the WBO flyweight title, but she ended up losing in her first in her first uh, defense. So my question is, what what was her, where was she mentally after she won that first title, and then? And then uh, before that first defense, and where, meant, where is she mentally now? Kenya, eh, el título del Consejo Mundial de Boxeo es tu segundo título. Tu primero, obviamente, el de la OMB Peso Mosca. Dices que ahorita estás más, más motivada, más centrada en este, en este tiempo. ¿Qué es la diferencia mentalmente en los momentos después de que ganaste el título de la OMB al comparado 
y antes de esa primera defensa al comparado a, a, a cómo te sientes ahorita mentalmente con este título? Yo creo que al momento que yo gané mi título del OMB, lo gané en un tiempo muy, muy, a una edad muy temprana. Tal vez no super ver la oportunidad. Y si me preguntas ahora, es, es el sueño que yo tenía, tener un título del CMB. Yo veía a Chávez, papá, y veía ese título. Siempre lo quise. Y después de que lo gano, el consejo siempre estuvo, no solamente, ahora sé que no solamente pertenezco a un organismo como pasó la ocasión pasada, sino que ahora sé que pertenezco a una gran familia. She says that, you know, the, her first title, she feels that she, it came a little bit when she was a little young. You know, she was a couple years younger, and she mentally, she wasn't ready for it. But she's very happy now, and she's very uh, focused, especially with this WBC title, because it was something that she was looking for a long time. You know, before she was just part of an organization. Now she's part of a family with the WBC. She used to see Julio Cesar Chavez uh, Sr. and other fighters who she looked up to with the WBC title, and now that she has it, she feels, you know, immensely proud and, and part of that family. Kenya, tienes tu torneo. Uh, well, Kenya, you have your uh, upcoming third uh, installment of your amateur tournament coming up. You know, tell us about that. Dinos de tu torneo, tu torneo amateur que tienes el 6 de agosto. Eh, el 6 de agosto tengo mi tercer torneo anual, Kenny Enríquez, donde desde que la primera vez lo hice hasta ahorita es la meta, impulsar el boxeo femenino, devolviéndole un poco al box con lo mucho que me ha dado, impulsar a los nuevos talentos, a las nuevas generaciones, a las futuras campeonas, porque yo cada vez que las veo siempre pienso que tal vez ahí está una futura campeona de Tijuana, tal vez ahí está una futura rival por you know, this is the third time that she has this tournament, and all she wants to do is, you know, promote female boxing in Tijuana and to give back to the community that gave her so much, which is, you know, the female boxing world. We, she feels that, you know, it's been great two years, past two years, and she feels that, You know, this is not going to be any exception. And uh, we're going to see some good talent, not only from Tijuana, but from all surrounding areas as well. Kenya, is there a way that the fans can help you regarding this amateur uh, tournament? Kenya, ¿hay una forma de que la gente que nos está escuchando te pueda unir con el torneo? Claro, torneo keniaenriquez.com. Ahí pueden encontrar, pueden mandarme cualquier duda o comentario. Igual tengo una página para apoyarme a, a, hacer, a realizar este torneo, es donde pueden aportar dinero para, para poder poder realizarlo. Se llama GoFogMe, la página. Igual ahí pueden hacer algún donativo. Igual torneo keniaenriquez.com. If anybody has any questions regarding the tournament, they can contact me at torneokenyanriquez at gmail.com. Basically, tournament in Spanish, torneo, T-O-R-N-E-O, kenyanriquez at gmail.com. And also, if they would like to donate so that we could put it together, they can uh, go to the – she has the GoFundMe page, which is gofundme.com forward slash kenyanriquez, and any amount helps 
to put it together. It pays for the T-shirts and the and the trophies and the medals that the young women uh, get when they when they participate in the tournament. Now, my last question is, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we had fighters go back and forth on social media, you know, challenging themselves, looking for fights, challenging each other, actually, and looking for fights. But nobody ever seems to call Kenya Enriquez out. Nobody ever mentions her, <laughs> despite being a world champion. You know, I want to get her thoughts on that. Kenya, in las últimas semanas, hemos visto en las redes sociales que diferentes peleadoras inclusivas de tu peso se han retado, se han dicho dimes y diretes entre ellas, pero nadie te menciona a ti, nadie te, te, te reta, nadie te canta un tiro, como dijimos en México, a pesar de ser la campeona interina del Consejo Mundial de Boxeo. ¿Por qué, ¿Por qué crees que es eso? Porque ellas no quieren ser campeonas, porque ellas no quieren enfrentarse a lo mejor. Eh, ellas no son peleadoras de verdad, porque ellas quieren escogerlo fácil. Digo, si yo, si yo pudiera escogerlo, si, si yo pudiera ser como ellas, por más que quiera, escogería lo fácil y me iría haciendo mis defensas voluntarias fáciles, estaría escogiendo tranquilamente mi carrera y tendría un buen récord sin ninguna pérdida. Pero yo creo que si quieres ser una peleadora real, quieres ser la mejor, vas a buscar peleadoras que sean campeonas, querer un título, sentir el hambre y las ganas y la necesidad de ser lo mejor. Entonces, she, ella se lo pierde, diría yo. She says that because they don't want to be champions, you know, they don't want to face the best, and that's why they don't call her out. You know, if she wanted to be like them and just go around and, and, and you know, pick easy fights, she would be undefeated, you know, but she's always wanted to challenge herself. She always wanted to fight world champions. And, and that's what she did, and, and, and she ended up losing once, you know. Uh, but that's the thing. If you want to be a world champion, you have to fight the best. And, you know, at the end of the, of the day, it, it's their loss. David, any uh, closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. Um, back to the tournament. Um, mm -hmm. I, I guess uh, for people that are listening, um, she has a GoFundMe page, uh, and it's, For the what is it again? August the sixth. August sixth, Sunday, August sixth. Oh, August sixth, and um, six, six. And it, oh, oh, six. It is six, six. Yeah, it's a yeah, Sunday. Uh, yeah. If uh, people could uh, go to GoFundMe page and uh, help out with the uh, with some of the money finances for T-shirts and trophies and and stuff like that, because. Uh, Uh, I think it's a really good uh, idea to, to give to the community, especially the kids, um, especially if they want to box. I mean, there's really not uh, a lot of things like that, especially for boxing. And exactly. And the boxing world is very tight. I mean, everybody who's involved in boxing, they know each other and they support each other, and it just takes getting the word out. Okay. Kenya, algunas palabras, últimas palabras? Simplemente para invitarlos a, a que apoyen el boxeo juvenil, ya es una realidad, ya somos más peleadoras, ya hay más calidad. Entonces, sé que calidad, no, no cantidad como el boxeo de los hombres, sino calidad. Y por último, pues invitarlos a que a, a donen a mi torneo para, para hacer feliz a una niña, para hacer 
apoyar a las futuras promesas de, de que vienen después de nosotros. Y muchas gracias a ustedes por el espacio. Okay, in closing, she said she wanted to, uh, you know, petition everybody to follow female boxing, to support female boxing. That is not the same as it was before, that there is more quality. Perhaps it's not the same amount of quantity as the men's side, but there is a lot more quality now in female boxing. And also, again, to invite everybody to donate to the tournament at the GoFundMe.com forward slash Ken Enriquez, because with their donation, it will bring a smile to a young female fighters uh, face who are going to get a trophy and a t-shirt and a certificate for, for um, participating in the tournament. Okay. Gracias Kenia por tu tiempo. Y pues estamos aquí en contacto. Muchas gracias a ustedes. Hasta luego. All right. Gracias Kenia. And well, there you have it. The WBC interim light flyweight champion, Kenia Enriquez from Tijuana, Mexico, you know, Sounding very confident, you know, going after all the fighters in her division, saying that she wants to unify the division. She wants to face uh, all the world champions in there. And just to give you a quick rundown of who the other champions are in her division, the IBF junior flyweight champion is um, Alondra Garcia, who won it, who won the title not too long ago. She's from Mexico, so that would be a a fight that could be easily be made. Uh, Jessica Bopp is the WBA uh, world champion from Argentina. The WBO champion is a Korean by the name of Su Yoon Hong. And obviously, the full-fledged champion is Esmeralda Moreno, who Kenya mentioned is the next fighter she wants to face to, unif- to, act- to go after the absolute WBC title. Your thoughts on the interview, David? Uh, I think that uh, Kenya, if people haven't seen her fight, she's, in my opinion, she's one of the brightest young uh, fighters there there are in the world. And uh, she's a boxer puncher. And the first time I ever saw her fight, I I said, this girl's special. And uh, her last fight, if you didn't catch it, you can catch it on YouTube. And she dropped a girl with a body shot. And and even in the video, you can hear the the punch. Is that explosive? Uh, she doesn't look like she packs a punch because she's she's very slender, but she she kind of reminds me like a Carlos Sarate. She she doesn't look like she has a big punch, but when she hits somebody, you know they get hit. Uh, she's an incredible talent. Well, there you go. Hopefully, we get some news about her next fight uh, soon. But going back to the fight results and speaking about the. The uh, the fighter who actually beat her twice in the amateurs, Silvia Torres, scored a unanimous decision this past Saturday night from Mexico City with a unanimous decision over the tough Maria Soledad Vargas in an eight-rounder at minimum weight, at straw weight. So <clears throat> we don't know if, uh, if Torres is going to stay at straw weight or she's going to go up where, where she's ranked. She's actually ranked at junior flyweight, which is the division she's been fighting at most recently, but it looks like she has gone down to the strawweight division. Scores there were 79-73, 78-74, and 77-75. On the same night, from Guadalajara, Mariana Juarez scored a unanimous decision over Terumi Nuki in a 10-rounder to defend for the first time 
Her WBC Bantamweight title scores there were 98-92 three times. David, did you get a chance to see the Silvia Torres fight and the Mariana Juarez fight? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I was um, uh, the the Torres fight. Um, I, I thought it was a very close fight. I thought it was competitive. And uh, the Juarez fight, uh, I just thought that I was exactly the same scores as the judges, 98-92. I thought that Mariana Juarez just outboxed her, did everything she wanted. She had a perfect jab going. I mean, she was sticking that jab whenever she wanted to. And uh, the, the the Japanese fighter had a big overhand right hand that, that she depended on. And she kind of made it easy for Mariana because Mariana pretty much knew what was coming. It was always the right hand. And um, she she won pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with her performance. She she looked very mobile. She was boxing. This uh, Terumi Nuki, who was on her first visit outside her country of Japan, <coughs> didn't look at all at Mariana's level. Obviously, she didn't have nearly, not even a third of the experience Mariana Juarez has. But despite of that, Mariana looked great. She she looked very, very good. Actually, I saw her, I think she looked better than she did in her title fight against Catherine Fitty. And I kind of agree with Kenny Enriquez when she says that maybe we're seeing at 37 years of age, Mariana Juarez's second win. And if that's the case, then I think we're in store for some pretty good fights. Yeah, yeah. Mariana seems to have that... Something I don't know what it is. She really looks good. She really looks good in the ring. And lastly, in the fight results on the same card as Mariana Juarez, the former WBF flyweight champion Ismael Millan scored a unanimous decision over Leticia Uribe, Uribe uh, with an 80-72 three times. And this was her first fight since suffering a loss in her challenge for the vacant WBA flyweight title in Japan against Naoko. Fuyoka earlier this year. Yeah. Miyan, a legend. <laughs> yeah, a legend in, in Japan and in, in the female fight world. But Miyan looked, you know, her usual self, tough. You know, her boxing is not all that great. I think she smothered herself uh, despite having the long arms and, and the high set advantage. It looks like she doesn't know how to really work her those advantages to her benefit, and she ends up smothering herself against shorter opponents. So let's see what, what is in store for her. She fought at flyweight, but I had a quick conversation with her a couple of weeks ago or about a week and a half ago on Facebook, and she mentioned that she might touch, test the waters at super flyweight, but we'll see. You know, she's held the WBF title for quite a while. She ended up winning that title back in, uh, in France, and then she went to Japan, so she's not afraid to travel. She's very tough. Uh, but we'll see what happens if she ends up staying in the flyweight division or moving up to super flyweight at 115 pounds. Did she fight out of Los Mochis? <laughs> no, she's originally from Culiacán. She lived mm-hmm. for a long time in Guadalajara, but she's fighting out of Monterrey. That's where her trainer and manager is, um, who actually oh. ended up being the same trainer and manager for Maria, Maria Salinas, who fought Kenya for that WBC title. Um, so... But she fights out of Monterrey, but she lives in Guadalajara for a long time, but she's originally from Culiacán, Sinaloa. Oh, okay. Now, moving on to a little bit of female fight chatter, some news. This Saturday night, 
it had been announced that Alicia Napoleon from New York State was going to fight for the vacant IBF super welterweight title on the undercard of Robert Guerrero against Omar Figueroa uh, from the South Coliseum against Indi- Gary, Indiana, the home of the Jackson Five, Mary McGee. But McGee, the last couple of days on her Facebook uh, wall, announced that she had to pull out of the fight because she failed her eye exam. She said she pleaded, she begged for the doctor to let her fight, that she was willing to fight with, with whatever they found on her eye, but obviously they weren't going to allow her to do that. And it looks like now she must submit herself to a small surgery to correct the issue. <coughs> but since then, I've seen that Alisa Napoleon is still announcing that she's going to fight, but I have not seen if they had announced a new opponent. I don't know if they're doing that to protect the ticket sales. We all know that Alisa Napoleon in that area is a huge, huge ticket seller. Yeah. But I'm looking at BoxRec right now, and Mary McGee is still listed as the uh, opponent. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, it might be just what you say. You know, they they're trying to salvage the fight card, knowing that. She is the majority ticket seller. Now, uh, Alicia Napoleon is promoted by DeBella Entertainment. And, you know, another announcement that DeBella made this week was that Irish Olympian and -and up-and-coming prospect Katie Taylor will be making her stateside debut on July 29th at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn, New York. The main event on that night will feature the super lightweight bout between three division of world champions Mikey Garcia and Adrian Broner. And Taylor has been training, at least, I think, for the last two or three fights in Connecticut. So this is something that Eddie Hearn from Matchroom Boxing, her promoter, had mentioned not too long ago that after her last fight that they were going to start, you know, promoting her in the United States. And here we have it. I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be televised on some kind of stream, now, obviously not <coughs> as part of the Showtime broadcast. That would be featuring Mikey Garcia against Andrew Broner, but I'm sure they're going to show her fight on Showtime Extreme, don't you think? At least? Uh, you know what? I haven't asked that question. I did uh, talk to Sabella about her, but um, I think they're working on it. We'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully they put it on television. I mean, it seems like a waste to bring her all the way over from Europe where she sells like crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's been very adamant that she wants to fight for a world title uh this year, uh, you know, she only had four or five fights. Obviously, this is going to be, I think, her fifth or sixth fight. Um, and the, uh, but I don't know. I mean, that, uh, that, uh, that weight class, the lightweight, I mean, we have Delphine Pursun as a WBC champion. But I think that she, remember the, a couple of months ago, we had mentioned that she was going to go through some hand surgery and that she may or may not be coming back. So I don't know if that WBC right. title... Is going to end up being vacant. Also, the WBA champion is Uruguay's Cecilia Comunales, who I think Katie Taylor completely annihilates, makes mincemeat out of the Cecilia Comunales. And then the WBO champion is Joana Alfonso from Argentina. So we'll see what happens. But she did. Was it, uh, was it, was it formerly held by Amanda Serrano? The lightweight title? I think that Amanda Serrano hasn't held the lightweight title in quite a while. Uh, Kylie Taylor is, yeah. is ranked number six by the IBF, 
and the IBF champion is Victoria Bustos of Argentina. So let's oh, see yeah. who let's see who gets. You know, one thing about these organizations, and you're very familiar with this, David, is that they want the best fighters in the world fighting for their titles because not only does it mean that they can boast the fact that they have, you know, these great fighters as their champions, but also means that, you know, bigger sanctioning fees. So I'm sure that all the sanctioning fees, all the sanctioning bodies are going to rank her fairly high. And whenever she wants to challenge for a title, they're going to give her the opportunity. So she said that she wanted to do it before the end of the year. Maybe it will be her next fight after this one. Who knows? They're keeping her pretty busy, so she might have a couple fights before this one, before she challenges for a world title. But I think it will be something to to behold. Yeah, she's really, really good. Um, she's, I think she deserves to be ranked high. She, she's, she's just ready already. She has a pro style. She's great. Even as an amateur. Yeah, she's great. She's, I, I mean, I, if we talk about all the, all the former Olympians and all the, the new fighters that we've seen go pro in the last six months, there's no better than Katie Taylor. I mean, not Marlene Esparza, not even Clarissa Shields. To me, skills-wise, there's no better than Katie Taylor. She's very good. I can't argue that. She's very, very good. Now, we have some some news that you broke earlier this week, David, and I don't want to steal your thunder. So <laughs> it's not. it hasn't been announced officially by the promoter, but to me – to me, what I know and what I've seen in the female boxing world, this is huge news. So why don't you go ahead and, and give us the news that you broke earlier this week on, on your uh, column for theprizefighters.com. Uh, yes, uh, Top Rank, which said uh, refrain from signing any female fighters or put, even putting on a female fight for the last 10 years, uh, about 10 years. Um, they signed uh, American Olympian. Uh, Michaela Mayer, and uh, she'll be fighting on August the 5th in Los Angeles. That'll be her pro debut. And mm. I spoke to Bob uh, Bob Arum, and uh, she's going to be in the same card as Vasiliy uh, Lomachenko, Lomachenko, the uh, super featherweight champion, WBA super featherweight champion, and uh, she'll be in that card. And I also um, I asked him uh, what made him change his opinion. And uh, Bob was real honest. He said he has never really seen a fight, uh, but he values the opinion of, of his top matchmaker, who is Bruce Trampler, who is possibly the best matchmaker in the world, or one of the top two or three. And Bruce Trampler liked what he saw in Michaela uh, Mayer, says that she has uh, extremely good boxing skills and uh, the Olympic international experience. And also that she's she he expects her to be a, a huge uh, ticket seller because uh, she she just looks like uh, she, she gets people's attention right away. And if you haven't Not, seen her, she's about five, five ten and very fast, very fast. And what division is she going to be campaigning at, David? Uh, they are, I would think it'd be lightweight because she fought a lightweight as uh, the Olympia, which is a one thirty two. In the pro ranks, it's 135. So I would 
I'll just gamble and say she's going to be fighting 135 lightweight. So obviously, the other lightweight in the world is Katie Taylor. Did they face each other in the amateurs? Did they face each other in the amateurs? I don't think so. I don't think they ever faced each other. Um, I know that they, you know, they were the the same uh, tournament, but but they were. I don't think they ever fought each other. I'm not positive on that. That 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 goes a lot to say. I mean, Bob Arum, like you mentioned, they haven't put on top rank, hasn't put on a female fight in nearly ten years. Let's put it in perspective. In the last six months, we've had the other big time promoter, Golden Boy Promotions, jump into the female fight world by Salin Malern Esparza. Now we have the other big promoter in boxing, top rank, signed Michaela Meyer. By the sound of it, Bob Arum is not a big fan of female boxing. But like you mentioned, him mentioning Bruce Trampler, who I'm going to go a step beyond you and say he is the greatest matchmaker of all time by what he's done with Oscar de la Hoya, the way he built his career, the way that he built Miguel Cotto's career, the way that he built Floyd Mayweather with Mayweather's career, and uh, 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 countless others under the top-ranked banner. So to me, Bruce Trampler is the greatest matchmaker of all time. For Bruce Trampler to convince Bob Arum to sign uh, uh, Mikael Meyer, I think that that goes without saying that that's something pretty big. But my question is, I wonder if this is the only female fighter that Bruce Trampler has ever talked to Bob Arum about, or has it been others, and he just wasn't able to convince Bob to have to sign? Well, well, I think um, I also when I talked to Bob Barum, this was yesterday in downtown Los Angeles. I asked him uh, what changed the whole, you know, his whole policy, and what he told me is that now that there is finally uh, uh, a showcase for women, that that he needed television. He said that Ronda Rousey's arrival had a big thing to do with it. He saw that women could sell and in a big way, and that if you treated it, if you gave him the proper platform, that it could excel. And he saw that with Ronda Rousey. He saw what's happening with uh, Ludabella in the East Coast with Amanda Serrano and Heather Hardy. And um, he saw that, okay, now is the time. Now we can do it. He, he said that with that, it was basically like that opened the door. And he said, okay, Bruce, find me somebody who fits you know, our, our goal. And wow. they, they, they got Michaela Mayer. Now, did they give you any indication that they are willing to work with other fighters or they're going to do like Golden Boy's doing, test the waters with this one fighter and then go from there? Uh, no, he didn't. Uh, I think they just wanted to go with one fighter. And from what I, what I, Asked Bob Arum, he this is still a test market for him. He wants to, he want to go all in. If you know Bob Arum, you know that he's very careful in plotting and in directing somebody's uh, course. And uh, he he won't protect them necessarily, but he has a marketing strategy. He's been doing this for 50 years, and he knows how to do it. And he's not gonna suddenly just sign everybody. He mm. he'll so keep mayor and the, the market opens and, and there's a re- request and demand for more female fighting, 
then he'll sign another one too. That's just his style. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what Top Rank does with a female fighter. You know, it, it has not been uh, – it has been no secret here on the two-minute round. Your hooks and jabs look at the female fight world, episode number 29. You want to give us a call, it's 323-580-5735. But it's been no secret here that we're not all impressed. At least I'm not, David, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I'm not all that impressed by what Golden Boy so far has done with Marlene Esparza. I think they have not matched her up correctly. I think that they're, they're not doing that great of a job, um, you know, burying her on these Canelo cards. I mean, honestly, I was there. You were there in the last fight when she fought on the, on the undercard of Canelo Chavez Jr. And there might have been 500 people in the arena. Whereas, I mean, obviously they did great in her pro debut. But I think for them to develop a female fighter, they should be doing it on TV, even if it is a swing bout on ESPN or or a semi-main event on Estrella TV. I think that gives you much bigger exposure than than on these on these undercards where they're not going to be televised. So I, I want to see what Top Rank, who for me is the premier top-notch promoter out there in boxing, what they do with the female fighters. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Bob Arum is a master. He's a master of promotion. And um, him and Don King were very good at, at, at when they had female fighters in uh, making <coughs> big. Like uh, Don King discovered Christy Martin, Mia St. John, and people like that. Uh, and they all became big. People know of them today. And uh, I, I think Bob Arum has the know-how to uh, – to really go after it if he wants to, if he wants to do it. Now, moving on to our next uh, note, Maricela Cornejo, the top-ranked super middleweight, announced on her social media that she would be fighting on August 19th in Cancun, but now it looks like her fight has been moved up to August 12th. So it's, it is a couple weeks. She has been, get, been getting ready out there in Indio, California with her trainer, Joel Diaz, so after fighting in L.A. on April 9th on a ringside sports card, now she finds herself back in Cancun under the Cancun boxing banner and Pepe Gomez. And more than likely, it is going to be televised on Mexican TV or on the somewhere. <coughs> but let's see, because I think we spoke about it last show, that she was in line to fight for the super middleweight title, or at least the silver title, and now that opportunity has been given to Clarissa Shields, and she's not too happy about it. But now she just basically has to go back and, and fight and win and win in such a way that it makes sense for the WBC to give her the opportunity. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, she has to win this fight. Uh, uh, I don't think she has to knock her out necessarily, but just show uh, the improvement that she has been showing. She showed great improvement in her last fight. Uh, she seemed to, she seems to be uh, in good in good hands with uh, Juan Diaz. Uh, Juan Diaz is a top-notch trainer. I mean, he's one of the best. Uh, he he's got an army of contenders in his gym. He handled Tim Bradley for many years. Uh, he, he's just a good trainer. And 
he along with his brothers, he has his brothers that help him there too, and um, Antonio and Julio and, and and the other brother I forget his name. Um, but Julio Antonio he's a, he's a, and it was him. It was just Joel Antonio and and Julio. Julio Joel and Antonio were the fighting brothers. Yeah, and then there's another brother too that helps him. Oh, I didn't know that. He was a boxer too, but he wasn't a pro boxer. Oh, okay. And, okay. Uh, yeah, and they're, and they're all very good trainers. I mean, if you go over there, that's like a killer training camp. They got so many champions there, including Omar Figueroa is fighting this weekend against the Ghost Guerrero, and uh, they got a whole bunch of people. And she seems to be looking pretty good. She looks pretty good. Uh, she has a lot of detractors and a lot of supporters. Um, she's one of those people that gets attention. Whether it's good or bad, I think it's good. I think it's good that she attracts attention, good and bad, because those are the people that sell. Like her exactly. Floyd Mayweather's and the Adrian Broners, they sell. Hmm. And uh, I think she's in that category. And if she just stays the course after Clarissa Shields uh, uh, wins the title, if she wins the title, then she's next in line. Yeah, I agree and, with you. And, and unfortunately, I mean, Unfortunately, she she doesn't have a promoter. She knows how to promote herself very very well, along with her manager Nancy Rodriguez. I mean, she has oh, yes. a ton of Facebook followers and Instagram followers and Twitter followers, and it's hard to believe that a promoter out there hasn't seen the potential in that. You know, so let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I think that she deserves an opportunity. Obviously, she has to keep on winning, but let's see what happens. You know, and. And maybe by the end of the year, early next year, the fight between her and Clarissa Shields, or even a fight that I want to see against Raquel Miller, who's also fighting in August, uh, comes to fruition because I think those two very, very good fights. And lastly, in our female fight chatter, you know, the fight that Kenya mentioned in her interview and the fight that we were looking forward and a fight that had been, been talked about looks like perhaps it's going to not come until August, I mean, until 2018. Because I have an inside source with Sanford Promotions who mentioned to me that the, the, the date that was being tentatively planned to have Mariana Juarez face Jackie Nava was August 26th. That's a fight that both fighters, at least Jackie Nava, was getting ready for. But because the fight between – what's that? It's a bad date. Well, it turned out to be a bad date because they ended up announcing Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor and the Mexican yeah. TV network, which was going to broadcast the fight Azteca, is end up is going to end up broadcasting that fight between in Mexico between Mayweather and McGregor. So Jackie Nava and Barbie Juarez got pushed to the side. But since Jackie Nava is a politician, she's basically a senator in Mexico, her schedule didn't allow her to fight the rest of the year. You know, so now she says she has to push it to 2018. And a lot of things could happen from here on out. Obviously, Jackie Nava is not going to jump in the ring. But I'm sure Bobby Juarez is going to fight at least one more time. And even if she ends up losing in her next fight, a matchup against Nava will still be enticing because it's the two biggest names in female Mexican boxing, but I don't think that it will be as as hot as if Barbie Juarez showed up to that fight without losing. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and, and just on that same date as uh, Mayweather and McGregor is also Miguel Cotto and, and uh, Kamagai. So it's, yeah. that's a flooded date. Flooded date. Yeah, and, and even though that fight would be huge in Mexico between Barry Juarez and Jackie Nava, it just can't compete against Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. So we're going to have to wait until 2018 till we get that fight. Now let's move on to the last third of our show with the upcoming calendar, and it's not all that, all that much in the next couple of weeks. Friday, July the 21st, from the Club Campestre in Barranquilla, Colombia, we have Diana Cordero defending her interim WBA Bantamweight title against Julieta Andrea Cardoza in a scheduled 10-rounder. The same night from the Sheraton Hotel in Puerto Rico, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, Amanda Serrano, who on her social media has been uh, posting a lot of pictures of her uh, working on her MMA because she is going to debut in, in MMA fairly soon, but... She does have a boxing fight before that on July 21st when she defends her WBO Super Bantamweight title against Edina Kiss. And lastly, this fight has not been officially announced, but I got some inside information <coughs> where Southern California junior flyweight, light flyweight, undefeated Senis Estrada is going to be facing Araceli Palacios in a six-rounder. And... Uh, Senese Estrada got a lot of flack uh, in her last fight because she fought, being 8 and 0, she fought the fighter that Marlene Esparza debuted against, who was 0 and 3, who was 0 and 3, and now um, she's going to be facing a fighter who, quite honestly, is maybe not at her level, which was. Araceli Palacios, who has eight wins, passes only one knockout. And I just went on to BoxRec, and Sines Estrada is scheduled also to be fighting on September 9th at the StubHub Center. And if you follow boxing, yeah. you know that that's the, uh, that's the same night as, you know, the super flyweight, uh, super flyweight uh, fight card that is featuring – uh, WBC champion Cisacre, Soy Ruben Desai in his rematch against Romancho Valetito Gonzalez, Carlos Cuadras against Juan Francisco El Gallito Estrada, and uh, the uh, U.S. debut of WBA Super Flyweight champion Japan's Naoye Inoue against Puerto Rican, I think his name is Antonio Nieves. So now I just see that Sinés Estrada has been scheduled to fight on that card as well. So let's see what yeah. that turns into she's scheduled as an, in an eight rounder and I mean it's not official but I was told that she was going to be fighting this Araceli Palacios on July 21st so she's starting to move along Senesa Estrada started her career very very slowly she fought she pro debuted in 2011 fighting twice then she took all 2012 and 2013 off and came back in 2014 with only one fight then she fought uh, twice in 2015, and then she fought three times in 2016, and then she already has a fight this year, and then two more scheduled. But let's see if they end up getting opponents for those two fights. So that's what we all what we have in the upcoming calendar. And before we go, let's patch in our caller again and see if he wants to talk this time. Josh, you wanna you wanna talk about something? Uh, not right now, man. I'm actually kind of busy. 
All right, man. Have a good have a good night. We're gonna be signing off fairly quickly here. All right, thanks, brother. All right, thank you. All right, David. Well, there you have it. The latest edition of the Two Minute Round. Your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. Number twenty nine. We will be back on July twenty seventh, where we'll be talking about all the fights. That well, not that many fights. There's only three fights that I mentioned for this upcoming calendar. They're all going to be happening on July twenty first, and then we'll be seeing what comes up in the news. Any closing thoughts, uh, David? Uh, no, but uh, look for uh, uh, readtheprizefighters.com. We will be doing a story on the Michaela Mayer uh, signing. And also we'll be talking uh, to Amanda Serrano. Awesome. And then also on theprizefighters.com, you get a chance. You'll be able to listen to a transcribed edition or at least an interview, the interview that we had with Kenny Enriquez today. But we'll be having the written form of it on theprizefighters.com fairly quickly as well. With that said, uh, we thank you all for listening. We'll be back on, on Thursday, July 27th, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And with that said, good night. Good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.